Hello, everyone. Welcome to Word with Dr. Michael David Clay. There was this commercial that I used to see as in, it is no more, or it could also be, I'm not quite as fond of the National Football League, at least when it comes to watching Super Bowls, as I used to, wouldn't miss one. And there were several years in a row that I watched the Super Bowl, a particular team won, and then one of the star players, typically the quarterback, I believe it was, after the game, there would always be all of those interviews of players, including most often the winning quarterback or coach. After the game, they'd ask the question, you just won the Super Bowl. <laughs> what are you going to do next? And the answer was, I'm going to Walt Disney World. It was a paid advertisement for Walt Disney World. I don't think that had really as much to do with my going to Walt Disney World, although it probably didn't hurt it any. I don't know that I was offended by that in any way, shape, or form. I thought it was quite clever. Uh, and <laughs> depending on whether or not uh, the person, the, the athlete, the quarterback on the winning team, whether it was my team or not, probably spoke more to how I received it and whether or not I would have, in an advertising sort of way, designed, of course, to influence me, whether I would have then done that. But I did make my way to Walt Disney World, and yes, had I been an all-star I guess I should say it well, probably would be an all-star, a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. And had I just won the Super Bowl, there may have been other places I would have been going to, but Walt Disney World would have been on the top of the list, as I came to find out. Having gone, we took our son there many years, actually had annual passes for Walt Disney World. And it was marvelous. It was wonderful. My very first trip to Walt Disney World, uh, I had expectations, but it exceeded in every way my <laughs> preconceived notion or expectation. Uh, not only was the entertainment, all of the amusement, the shows, the rides, but the personnel and the service that you received... And the way they treated you in such a manner is to make you feel quite comfortable, uh, even so anticipating your needs before you knew you had needs, uh, better than going to a relative's house. I never got that kind of treatment, even at family gatherings. Uh, I am sold on the concept of service at Walt Disney World, and Part of that was certainly personal experience, but I also have come, as I really began to then think about it, to study why, study upon, why they were so good at it. That's exactly what they do. They make it a part of the experience. They make it a part of one's working at Walt Disney World they make it that all personnel have an awareness 
I presume because they all demonstrated it, uh, that it was all about the experience and it was all going to be customer-centered and it was going to be friendly and it was going to be really <laughs> made me feel as if they were empathetic and had understood completely my perspective, what I was experiencing, they knew already. They validated me as much as the experience. Psychology Today, November, December 2023. The Surprising Strength of Weak Social Ties by Gina Simmons Schneider, PhD. A client whom I'll call Claire lived alone for many years after a divorce. Her family was out of state, and she described feeling quite lonely, especially during the holidays. I asked her what helped cheer her up. I love going to the library every week. My favorite librarian, Maria, chats with me about great historical fiction or cozy mysteries. I always leave feeling a warm connection with her. Another client, whom I'll call Sherry, gets great joy from her Sunday breakfasts at a local diner. I feel uplifted. The manager is so nice, and my favorite waitress calls me sweetie and brings me extra whipped cream for my pancakes. It's my church, she said. As for me, when I shop for groceries each week, I prefer the checkout line with Judy, a cashier I've chatted with for years. We commiserate over body aches and wish each other happy holidays. Our shared kindness and familiarity offer me a sense of community. Harvard researcher Hannah Collins has studied relationships like these generally referred to as weak social ties, and found they can prove just as important to life satisfaction as core or strong ties. It's long been known that a community of supportive relationships improves our quality of life and can even help us recover from illness and surgery. Collins discovered something new. Regularly interacting with a wide variety of social ties, both weak and strong, fortifies our satisfaction. And a rich diversity of ties provides more significant benefits to well-being. So notice, pay attention to and be grateful for your big, wide world of loose social ties. The people who cheer, serve, support, comfort, educate, motivate, and entertain you. Even those we meet only once can leave a lasting impression. I remember discussing Anna Karenamina on an airplane with a wise economics professor. Finding meaningful moments of joy with street musicians and performers and being cheered up by a man years ago when I worked in customer service. A rude customer in line right before him had shaken me. He noticed my distress and put me at ease with kindness. 
All of those connections matter, and so do you. When you show kindness to a stranger, your seemingly small act might endure in their memory as a source of support and positivity. Everyone needs to feel significant in the eyes of another. You could be that person for someone in your extended circle. Which is why it's so important to reach out to people you care about. Especially when they're going through hard times. And to let those who care about you be there for you as well. When we feel blue or lonely, we tend to turn down social engagements, either to avoid the imagined embarrassment of being the only sad person in a group, or because socializing with people we don't know well can be awkward at first. But saying yes, despite the hesitation, offers an opportunity to feel less lonely. Being open to both our strong and weak ties allows us to benefit from the comfort, connection, and community they provide. Again, Psychology Today, November, December 2023, The Surprising Strength of Weak Social Ties by Gina Simmons Schneider, Ph.D., who is a licensed psychotherapist and the author of Frazzle Brain. So, Walt Disney Disney World, better than my family, so much so, not on simply the endorsement of a sports icon or a good feeling associated with my team winning the Super Bowl, even so, my going there and firsthand experiencing how truly awesome the surface was. I would say they're not weak. I'd say they're very strong social ties. But I would imagine the weak and strong comes more along the lines of those that you're more familiar with, day-to-day, routine, regulars, versus those that may not be as much to that, or if they are then part of your day-to-day regular routine, they don't know you as well. That would be, in my mind, where the term weak, or what is meant by the term weak. But as the article sort of captures, those may have as powerful an impact, I don't know if it's more powerful than the strong ones, the ones of your immediate family, your significant others, your persons, your close friendships. I would imagine, however, that you never see the bad side of Walt Disney World. (laughs) And I'm sure, as I am a realist at some level, even when it comes to my amusement park experiences and how fond my memories are of every trip we ever took. And there was again there were again several where we had annual passes for several years. But I am confident, even if I didn't encounter one, which is sort of remarkable the number of times we went, I'm sure there's bad ones that occur. And some people obviously bound to some have had bad experiences there. And maybe that's the difference, too, with the so-called strong social ties 
you get to see more often the bad as much as the good. Uh, especially if they live with you. Especially even if it is a day-to-day routine where you encounter these individuals. Even if it is their job <laughs> to be nice to you. Um, you're bound to with family. You'll get that. But at the same time, you're going to be spending much more time with them. And they're not getting paid to be nice to you. At least not as directly. And so they may indeed be a bit more real or honest with you. But I don't want to take anything away from acts of kindness like extra butter on your pancakes. I don't think she had, the author, had butter, whipped cream or whatever it was that she had, cream cheese, whatever, that was a nice gesture. Doormen opening doors for you and women. It's a nice gesture. Uh, People who greet you, it's a nice gesture. People who anticipate your needs, it's a nice gesture. People who can read your emotions while you're standing in line and you've had a bad experience and you don't know them from anybody, they can console you. That's a nice gesture. That's all kindness. It's all charity at some level. And they may indeed not only contribute quality-wise, at times maybe more, since the others that you know better or that should be your strong relations have the downs as well as the ups. But that's the point too, because you're really not going to know If it's all genuine and true and real, authentic, unless there is some measure of bad or down, you won't even know if they're really doing that out of a love for you or, once again, charity at its very minimum, service. I like Walt Disney World. I very much wanted to go back. I very much appreciated the kindness. I very much appreciated the entire experience. You will probably, no one will probably, you might not ever have a reason to. But should anybody ever have a reason to try to talk me out of that? Change my opinion. Even tell me about all their bad experiences. Deep down inside, I'm going to say, yeah, you probably brought that on yourself. Oh, well, you probably were having a bad day. Oh, well, everybody has a bad day, even should I accept that as a possible reality. But I'm sure 99.9% of the time, it was just like I experienced it. And I'm confident that's what Walt Disney World wants. And probably all good customer service should be about that. (laughs) So here's the segue. Psychological counseling can be pretty much the same way, too. It is a service industry. And I want to treat you with kindness, charity, uh, good service. I want to be empathetic. I want to understand your perspective. I want to get to know you. I want to make it as user-friendly, me, the experience, as positive I'd want it to be something that you would recommend to others. I'd want you to also, if it would be necessary, needful, to feel quite good about coming back. 
I'd want to be one of those top, I don't want to even say 10, maybe five persons in your life. And sometimes it is that way. I've had patients come back years later. Uh, I've had patients I've seen outside of the psychological counseling, the psychotherapy context, who've seen me on the street, in, <laughs> that's the article, in the grocery store, the local department store, and told me how much they really, truly appreciated me and how much I really helped them. And I, I don't say that egotistically, but it's hard. <laughs> To resist the temptation to not make that feel make allow that to make you feel good ego wise but for every individual that had a really really good experience even though they may come to me having also had a bad experience in psychotherapy and still told me it was one of the best still remember it with such fondness as such a positive experience there are bad moments in psychotherapy. I would never want to be the cause of that myself. Something within my control. Something about your interface with my office or the means by which we provide the service. Face-to-face, -face, building, <laughs> office itself, the physical aspects of the office itself, even parking. Or should it be telehealth? The platform, the ease of accessibility, my timeliness, being able to let you know should I have run a little long in a face-to-face -face and going right into a telehealth and you're on the telehealth side of it, you had to wait another five minutes and I apologize. I want it to be the best of experiences. I can control for all of those things. But there are times in psychotherapy when we are going to have to talk about things, discuss things, address things that are not going to be positive, as if that should even be of some question that there wouldn't be. And you're not going to maybe have that same glow about you in terms of warm and fuzzy, we used to call it that, feeling, that goes along with it. It's not all going to be Walt Disney World. <laughs> but that doesn't mean it won't turn out well or that you may not put me in the top ten, top five, top three. That after we do all that work together... And I will go through it with you so it will not all be fun and games, so to speak, for me. Or whomever you might choose to see. But the great consolation is, is we've helped you. You may not know that till it's over. But those are the folks that do come up to me and say, was great. I was so glad and so appreciative after it was over with. I want to thank you so much for such a great experience. Even if you, you know, I know, they know, 
Wow, we went through some really rough times there. We talked about some things that were hard and difficult to speak of. We went through emotions that nobody would rightly sign up to go through or pay money to experience. Uh, We looked at things that were scary. We looked at things that brought deep sorrow. We looked at things that you thought were going to kill you. We went through that together and the empathy didn't change. I went through that with you. The mountaintop as well as the valley experience. I understood your perspective. Whether I've ever had an experience exactly like yours or not, I paid attention. I listened. I watched your reactions as those things that you were speaking of emotionally in terms of thought manifest themselves on your face, your facial expressions, your nonverbals. I reflected those back to you. I related them as best I could to experiences that indeed I did have so that I would then be as authentic and genuine in understanding, approximating your perspective as well as your feelings. And it wasn't always pleasant, I know, for you. It wasn't always pleasant, the process to even come in. I've had so many patients tell me they almost canceled because they didn't want to go through what we went through the last session. And I took that as sound and solid feedback. I said, well, we'll go a little lighter this session. I know it was rough last time what we talked about. But I always tell them, I'm so glad you came. (laughs) The article presented that in terms of when we're not feeling it, sometimes we become a bit introverted, a bit antisocial, if you measure that, simply not wanting to be out with people. But also the encouragement was, go ahead, because there will always be something good that comes from it. May not be the strong social relations, or at least the context would not always be those of strong social relations. It may just be the weak ones. But it can have an impact. I would like to think, though, that psychotherapy has an element of the weak, just customer service oriented. But I'm willing to do all that goes with the strong. Even if it means, again, being real with you and us having less than stellar sort of feelings throughout the entirety. If stellar is all rainbows and butterflies, (laughs) pie in the sky emotions. Because that's really where all the good work occurs. There'll be professionalism. There'll be courtesy. There'll be respect. There'll be all of those more superficial rapport types of things. We hopefully will conduct any business that we conduct transactionally. Transactions when it comes to the professional side of it and the highest of standards and order. We'll keep good hours. We'll open doors for you even. We'll shake hands. We'll greet you with a smile. But we'll also go through all of the things that really are much deeper and may include at times a bit of tears shed 
sadness, grieve, <laughs> grievous grieving, grief, grieve with those who mourn, mourn with those who are mourning. That is part of our role as well. I would hope in the end, the greatest compliment though, that may ever be paid to me personally, not to separate the professional, but to just hold this out as more personal virtue and character than it is ethics, is that I will do that with integrity. I am not wanting to, going to, retreat to some professional identity or try to act or pretend like I care. I don't want to do that. I'd change professions. I would not want you as a patient coming to see me and leaving with that impression. Well, he said all the right things. He did all the right things. I think I saw him shed a tear or feel sad. But really not be confident that it was anything more than just me acting. And I am not a theater major. I probably would be a good method actor if that meant empathy and perspective taking, relatability. But I don't want any of it to be acting. I really want to go through it with you. I would want to believe that level of integrity. Maybe not everyone who does what I do for a profession would describe it quite the same way, but I would hope they would do it with genuineness. Again, the word authentic comes to mind, but with great integrity. If you can find that, I think in the end, no matter what you go through, no matter what highs or lows in terms of emotions, even so, outcomes... The experience, though, will be remembered as a quality one with credibility and hopefully will be somewhere in the neighborhood of the top ten, top five. I know that's ambitious, but I believe most people who go through psychotherapy and do it, the psychological counseling, and do it in the way that I'm describing it, it is that significant to them. And the fact that it's timely when they need it the most and that it's hard also factual it's hard to find somebody who will do that that way consistently I think does incline it to be one of our best relationships I believe as a profession that's what we would want is to offer you the best of human relationships. Should you need help, <laughs> you can contact me. DRMDClay at thewordhouse.com. You can find us online, the online at thewordhouse.com. <laughs> I myself are on the Psychology Today, am on the Psychology Today directory. Uh, Psychology Today has a directory of vetted providers. Should you not come to me, want to come to me for whatever reason, geographic, whatever reason, may not be licensed in your state. We're still not quite there on a universal licensure that crosses state lines, even internationally, countries, borders. 
But we're getting there. But for the meantime, you may live in a state that I do not hold license. That may be the reason you'd have to speak with somebody else or the reason for speaking to a particular provider. Psychology Today has a directory of vetted providers. You can find it on their webpage. I would encourage you to look there. And as always, you could come back for our next podcast of Word with Dr. Michael David Clay, where we'll continue to uh, peruse Psychology Today, the journal, and uh, look for articles that I think that would be helpful to you that we could talk about and share information in that way. And do consider it a privilege. And as such, hope that you can join us again. Until we get a chance to talk once more, I want to wish you not only the best of mind health, mental health, but just good health in general. Thanks.